This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Well, well, well. If it isn't the guy... We said Nick Ehlers is going to be on the first unit power play. Should have put more thought into that. We'll get to that in a second. Did I, did I say first unit? I don't know. You never said that at all. I don't. I think I did mention while well, he's going to be on the first, but I don't think it was like a statement. Like, well, I this follow, is happening. I follows on it. We're, of course, we're, we're, we're looking into Winnipeg Jets training camp. Believe power play you me, units. he'll be on the first. Like, it wasn't like an emphatic statement. Wasn't it? It wasn't something I would stand on. It wasn't like a... Believe you me, it was just he's going to be on the first power play. Well, he is going to be. I, I just think he's, as he kind of gets more uh, adjusted and getting back to it, he was non-contact skating with Niederreiter and Perfetti earlier today. He was on the second unit of power play. Um, but I think over a period of time, he's going to find his way onto there. Like, I I just I don't think Ayafalo is going to be on the top unit of power play. I, I just think he's just holding that position right now for Ehlers. By the way, Ayafalo is fast. He's got some speed. Like, he is fast. Fast. He's got a pretty good shot from the dot. Uh, he's got a pretty good wrist shot from the dot. You know, like not he's he's not throwing bombs in there, uh, but he's got kind of a sneaky wrister. Yeah, he does. He's sneaky is a great word for yeah. a hockey player. A little sneaky in there, but no, he's a lot faster than I you know first. And I saw him play live at uh, Canada Life Center for the Kings a couple of times. But he's got some wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's the lineup. Hi, Cam. Okay, <laughs> Jim. How you doing? Hi, uh, listeners. How are we doing? How are we doing, Manitoba? We're doing great. We're did doing... you stay up late last night and watch the election stuff? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I care. Yeah. I care. I, I look at you and I see a man who cares. Yeah, well, I care. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Murata uh, Tesh uh, is going to be joining us right after 12, the 1230 News. going to be talking about Jets camp and, and some of the things that he's been seeing. He's going to be joining us. Looking forward to that talk, uh, talk with the uh, Jets writer with the Athletic, Murata Tesh. I've got to squeeze in some Blue Jays talk. Uh, they're uh, losing yesterday 3-1. We'll spare uh, Skylar Peters, a big Blue Jays fan, from that conversation uh, when we have it coming up after the Sports Minute. But... Here are the lines today. A healthy group for the Winnipeg Jets at training camp. Welcome back, the healthy crew. Uh, number one, uh, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Gabe Velarde. Uh, then Nita Ryder, Perfetti, and Ehlers. There you go. I follow Lowry Appleton, Baron Kupari, and Nemesnikov. And then the three uh, extra skaters, uh, Axel Janfin, uh, Janssen Fialbi, uh, David Gustafson, and Parker Ford. Um, on defense, here's where things get a little interesting there, Jimbo. Yes. Morrissey and DeMello. That's not that interesting. Sandberg and Pionk, we were, we've been talking about that a lot. If that was going to be something that we would see tomorrow night when the Winnipeg Jets take on the Ottawa Senators for their final exhibition game, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7, tomorrow at Canada Life Center. Sandberg and Pionk, Dylan and Hainola. Now, Hainola's been playing on the left side. He's moving to the right to play with Brendan Dillon. I find this very interesting because I have been of the entire thought, I, not even of the thought, Jim, I have been convinced that Ville Hainolo is going to start this season with the Manitoba Moose. All of a sudden, my thinking has shifted. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets here on 680 CJOB, does his Jets commentary every Wednesday here on the radio station. And, of course, you can listen to it at 7.55, 10.55, 2.55, 4.55. You'll hear it 
coming up at 255, just at the tail end of the of the Jim Toth show here on 680 CJOB. And he used the word lock to to indicate that Villa Hanalo was going to make this team. And Paul would not have used that word if he wasn't certain that Hainola was going to make this team. And all of a sudden, it started to get my mind to think, well, Chisholm's not waiver-exempt. Logan Stanley's not waiver-exempt. If Billy Hainola makes this team, the Winnipeg Jets have some tough decisions to make. But I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm looking at these lines today, and we've talked about, you know, he's put himself in a great position, and he, he continues really to play well. Um, this is the last year of his ELC. He is waiver exempt, but I've always said this about Ville Hainola. We get into these cases that, and it's just a small portion of the fan base, but we hear a lot of them because they're vocal that the Jets don't like uh, this player. They don't like Nick Patan. They don't like Alex Burmistroff. They don't like Marco Dano. They don't want to play them. Analytically, they're this, that, that. Yeah. I don't buy into that one iota. I don't know any NHL coach or GM that doesn't want to play the best players that gives them the most optimal chance to win. I think Ville Hainola, and I, I heard Paul Edmonds today, and I, I did go, oh, wow. Like, are we now, we should ask Paul and have him on the show what he thinks yeah. exactly and stuff, and we'll do that as soon as we can. But um, So I don't want to put words in his mouth, but we can hear the Jets report. It, it, look, he's done everything he can to make this team. And my point to my my rant here is I think the Jets want him to make the team. I think the Jets want him to contribute. Now, wait, Jim, hold on. What did you just say? This this is an organization and and especially under Rick bonus that activates the D and wants points from the D. He emphatically said that. And we emphatically saw that last year from an active offensive minded defense core. So here we go. The message to was about to Ville Hainola, Jim was, we know you move the puck. We know you skate. You have you to defend. Have to defend. You have to be defensively sound. You have to, and I've made this point about him before. Scott Niedermeyer, as far as I know, never lifted a weight in his life. He was always positionally sound, and that's how he defended and became a Hall of Fame defenseman. He had the points. He can skate like the wind, two strides, and he's blue line to blue line. He had the offensive skills, but he was a great defenseman, and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame as well as the points and everything else that he did. I'm not saying Ville Hainola Scott Niedermeyer. What I'm saying is this team wants him to make the, the roster. And from the times I saw him play, and then we get into the old, well, he gets called up for three games. He only plays the fourth game. Then he's sent back down. He can't get momentum. But this is the National Hockey League. This isn't, you know, here's 30 games for you to become acclimatized. This is you need to perform at a certain level now. Um I, can you learn in the NHL? Yes, you can. But yada, 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 toast going on and on and on. I've never been one to believe that the Jets don't want Hainola on this roster. This texture says right now, he says Jets management don't like Finnish players. 204-780-6868. Oh I just, like, <laughs> it's not free-for-all Friday yet. No, so it's I, not. I don't have to go, okay, I'll listen to that. Free-for-all Friday, I will. I'll be like, well, let me think about it. Wednesday, I'll say... The Jets like good hockey players. Hmm. If you're good and can play, you're going to be in the lineup. And if you have some fallacies or if, you, if you're if you playing a big team and you need Logan Stanley, it's going to be that way. Tell me this. When I told you those pairings today, what did I say? What did you say when you saw he was on with Dylan? That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Dylan can protect him. Dylan can be the physical stay-at-home part of a pairing with a very highly skilled offensive player. And Dylan 
can help him become a good all-round defenseman. Logan Stanley, Nate Schmidt, Kyle Capabianco, Declan Chisholm. Guys are going to be waived. Yeah. They're not all going to get picked up. I think it's going to be Logan Stanley and Declan Chisholm. And I wonder about Nate Schmidt. And hear me out. Yeah. They like Nate Schmidt. I think Nate Schmidt's a valuable part of this team. If Hainola can outplay him, if Hainola can outplay him, I think is going to make the team. Now, given that Nate Schmidt was injured, getting fallen on by Evander Kane, just getting out of a non-contact jersey, he hasn't been in the game since, uh, is there any level of, listen, he's a vet, he looked good at the beginning of training camp. There's a lot of that, yes. Yeah. He has to be better than Nate Schmidt. If he's better than Nate Schmidt, you're going to have to hit me with a bat to try and convince me he's not going to make this team. Do you think that Nate Schmidt, if he would go and be put on waivers, would he be somebody who would get picked up? I think I mean, he'll he carries clear. a high he carries a high price tag. I think he'll clear waivers and they don't send him down. I think they put him on waivers and if somebody wants to eat his 5.9 million, they will miss him, especially when injuries pile up but they will also have gained over $5 million in cap space. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think they want to lose Nate Schmidt. I do think they want to play the lineup that gives them the most optimal chance to win. And a Dylan Hainola third pairing could provide some offense. I think that Stanley won't go on waivers because I think Rick Bonus wants a guy like that on the blue line every now and then. Okay, so if he doesn't go on waivers, you're waving who has to go is Schmidt, Capabianco, and Declan Chisholm. Yeah. Yeah. But hmm. much like I said with the Nate Jets Schmidt, have done that before. They put Matthew Perot on waivers before and he didn't get claimed. Look, here's the situation with Logan Stanley, and he was so great with us when he joined us after signing the one year deal. He wants to play. Yeah. He wants to play here in Winnipeg, and he wants to play for a long time. This is an organization that he feels has treated him extremely well, especially through his injuries and stuff. That being said, if you put him on waivers and somebody grabs Logan Stanley and his $1 million, somebody grabs Logan Stanley and his $1 million. Here's another reality too, Jim. Another defenseman has passed him on the depth chart. Sandberg passed him last year. Hainola's passing him now. If Hainola makes this lineup, he will have passed Logan Stanley. Yeah. Exactly. And to be honest with you, no disrespect to Logan Stanley, Hainola has a better upside. Mm-hmm. Logan Stanley, as good as he is, as big as he is, as physically is, and he has a great shot. He has a real knack to get the puck to the net somehow. Mm-hmm. We saw that in Calgary in the preseason game. Yep, he made a nice play. He also has some games where he still doesn't look good enough. Big Stan's got to move his feet. So, um, again, what's the upside? to? Is Hainola going to physically move people? Probably not. Is Hainola going to drop the gloves? Hopefully not. But he will provide more offense if he can be solid defense, and that's the upside. Let's take a break. Let's come back. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. So my final point is it will not surprise me like it will some people if Hainola makes this roster. It won't surprise me if they send him down. At the beginning of training camp, it would have surprised me. Given the fact that he still had Not that me. waiver exemption. Honestly, I'm, I'm being truthful with you no. now. He's into his third or fourth training camp. He's he spent a couple of years in pro hockey. If he had a good camp. I was talking to. Um, this is a new direction. People forget that because Shifley and Hellebuck and everybody's here. 
This is a new direction. They went through their year that they went through. They had a coach disgusted with their play. They had players firing back at the coach. Every party in training camp, regardless of Josh Morris or some of the rookies said, we're more accustomed to what we want to do, and here we go. Hey, Nola is part of what they want to do. I was talking to Tyson Rewicki about this, and he said to me, he says, what does it tell the players? What does it tell Ville Hainala? You went out and did exactly what we wanted you to do, but it's still not good enough. Is that going to cause an issue? I don't buy into that. It tells them to work hard, even harder. You you came a long way. You're almost there. Go work harder. 204-780-6868. This texter says, as we go to break, Hainola's plays allowed the Jets to consider flipping Schmidt and an asset to someone like the Yotes to save at least half his cap space. I don't know if they're going to... I don't think they're going to pay to get rid of Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt... Schmidt. He's a valuable commodity to this team, what's, what's whether he's happen? in the lineup or not. It's a re, it, what, what could happen is you could lose Dylan DeMello and you could lose Brandon Dillon. They're both UFAs at the end of this season. I don't. Th- when you have a guy like Nate Schmidt who's an extra year, that becomes very valuable to this team. You don't want to get caught in a situation where the Jets have no veterans on the blue line, which happened a number of years ago, and it was only Josh Morrissey, let me, and that was trouble. we got to go, Jim. Yeah, Craig, let me put it to you this way. If you put... If you lose Schmidt or Declan Chisholm, what hurts you more? I promise you it's Nate Schmidt because this is a team trying to make the playoffs. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Right now, it is 11 at 680 CJOB. Here's one plus one over there. It's Jets at noon. That equals four in Alberta. One, None two, of that made sense. None of it. Three, Neither four. Neither did my answer. We, ca- we count Tyson Rewicki. Five. We have Murata Teshalon. We're going to get to him. That's Bra- six. Braden Wasco's blowing up our group chat, trying to reschedule the fantasy hockey draft. Six gotta, is the amount of hits the Toronto sure. Blue Jays had yesterday, oh. and they only had one run. I was trying to – you see what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Look. Yeah, yeah. I'm a maybe high C, low B average student. I'm by far not the most intelligent person. But I said a month ago the Jets or the Jays can't manufacture runs. Do you know how much they can't I hate play baseball. Right. They can't run the bases and they can't they can't get them on, get them over, get them in. You know what they're putting down? They're gonna they're gonna put eight up. I today. bet I bet he, up I bet he loved Bryce Harper blowing through a stop sign and scoring in the Phillies game last night, though. Didn't ya? Just because he scored. No. Gotta give Carlos Correa some credit on that play. Unbelievable. He, he, yeah, you know they got. Some he good went play. a long way run, to his right. Or you could be twins. Had could a lot be of big defense. Selfish, plays. like you were last year in a playoff game, and run into center field, injure your center fielder, and try to be the hero. And you can also run your team out of a bases loaded situation down three nothing. Well, everyone knows Matt Chapman was grounding out to first. <laughs> so it really, I don't, I don't blame Bo Bichette. Like you know the the batting order, you know who's up next. So anyway, um, we'll see. Skyler, boys, I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm There's rare, still one more I'm game. I'm rarely right. So oh, every one do is win two times in a row. I am, I like to bring it up. But Goal you're right, though. Win two in they a row. could put up 14 runs today. Best, the best Fully. bet to make right now is for them to win the series because if they win tonight or today, Chris Bassett's going to go out there for game three, and he is by far the best game three starter any of these wildcard teams will have. So yeah. we're not dead yet. Absolutely. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Covering a lot of ground today on the show. I know. Getting everywhere. Now we're throwing Murata Tesh, Jets yeah. Rider with the Athletic on here. Murata, how you doing? Hey, doing quite well, guys. Good to join. Good to be here. Good to have you on, especially after what timing your 10 questions, your 10 comments, your 10 biggest Winnipeg Jets uh, questions article is out left in training camp in the preseason. I love it. How are you? Hey, doing well. Uh, just fresh from camp, too. So, you know, inching towards some answers on the question front. 
Um, Jeffrey Fial was sent down, leaving David Gustafson, Axel Jonsson, Fialbi, and Parker Ford as battling for that 13th forward job. But I think that job's David Gustafson's at this stage of the game. Uh, all sorts of other things going on down there. Mark Scheifele said he liked my jacket. That was a nice moment. Uh, so we're feeling pretty good over here. Absolutely. Um, Sharp dresser if you ever see him live. Like like one of those professors with the patches on the jackets on the sleeves and stuff. Like just sharp. (laughs) I like it. Anyway, um, well, we started this talk with we heard Paul Edmonds report about uh, Ville Heinola. What are your thoughts on Heinola making this team this year? You know, he's done everything in his power. He's made it so close. And I think he's outperformed some of the guys in front of him. At the same time, I've just come from a scrum with Rick Bonus where he's talking about saying that none of the veterans have played their way off the team from last year. So in terms of his roster construction thinking, he was asked about David Gustafson as 13th forward and said, well, hey, he's played well. Here's what he does well. And you know what? As a matter of fact, you know, none of the veterans have really played their way off the team. So that applies to... Uh, Parker Ford shot of taking that job, you know, it applies to Ville Hainala and then sort of bonus continued. So he didn't say Hainala isn't making the team, but he did seem to say that his veterans from last year are. So that puts Hainala in a bit of a tough spot. You know, we know Nate Schmidt's a little bit banged up. Maybe he ends up on the IR opening up some room, but uh, he wasn't skating in a non-contact. He was doing full drills today. So uh, I think Hainala has played great. I think he has earned an extremely long look, and I also don't think that they're going to keep him when it's all said and done. Is is Nate Schmidt being waived? Is that an option you, you would consider? Uh, I don't think so because the cap savings are minimal. You don't save the full $5.95 million. You, you only save a portion of that. Um, at the same time as that, too, Nate Schmidt, I mean, I, I know he comes under criticism for being an expensive third-pairing defenseman. You want more for his price tag, but him and Dylan Sandberg completely outperformed their minutes last year. That third pairing delivered great results for the Winnipeg Jets, and Schmidt arrived in camp before his injury with a little extra pop, a better first step, better fitness scores than in the past as well, and there's this sense that he left everything out on the table in terms of summer training, so I've got some time, not just for the cap reasons, but for what he was able to show before his injury to see if he can at least reprise that successful third-pairing role and, if not, improve a little bit upon last year's season. I forgot about that, Murat. What would the what would they save if they waived him and someone picked him up? Um, I don't have it in front of me. This is traditionally, I'll check Cap Friendly or Puckpedia, even though it's something I should remember. It's minimal. Like I yeah, think it might be 750 k or $1 million or something, okay. a small fraction of his overall salary. Yeah, no, that, okay. I forgot about that, and I appreciate you pointing that out. So thanks for um, bringing that up and reminding us. And I'm with you. Like We've got some texts here that go, just get rid of a Schmidt, anybody's better, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, Schmidt yeah. was very good last year. He was. In that role of a fifth, sixth guy. Yeah, I mean, you look at the results, and Winnipeg's third pairing won its minutes. It completely did. And um, the Schmidt and Sandberg combination was, you know, a, a lot better than the Schmidt and Stanley combo that, that came the year before in terms of the results they got. And I think Dylan Sandberg has a lot to, to do with that, let's be clear. But Schmidt was there. He was holding his own, and there are still high-level top-four hockey instincts in him. I think what's been missing is that foot speed, and and certainly he's never been the biggest guy on the ice either. 
you know, that seems like the type of job that Vili Hainala can step into when the time is right, but you can't make the argument that he's not getting the job done because Winnipeg wins its minutes when Schmidt's on the ice. How do you think Sandberg, I mean, he's, he's not going to be playing sheltered minutes this year. How do you feel about his performance moving forward? Excellent. Absolute loss of confidence in Dylan Sandberg, uh, not just from this camp, not just from playoffs and the way he recovered from that, you know, that brutal giveaway that, that haunted him for a little while. But this is a guy who makes his reads quickly. He can defend against size. He can defend against speed. If players of like top six competition, if they're cycling, if they're overlapping, if they're doing things that make defenders need to switch, Dylan Sandberg isn't getting lost out there. And you see that from other young D Sometimes when they try to promote them from the third pair and higher, you saw it with Tucker Pullman way back when he was an amazing third pairing defenseman for Winnipeg. But when he was partnered with Josh Morrissey playing those tough minutes, it just didn't work uh, to an extent. You saw that with Logan Stanley last year as well. Um, you know, he wasn't able to reproduce even his third pairing results, but he was injured a little bit too. So give him, cut him some slack there. It is tough to go from the third pair into the top four, but Dylan Sandberg for me has all the attributes that uh, that's within his reach in his career, if not this year, very soon. So the lineup is predominantly set and I, I read your article and I agree with what you've put out and, and it's a great piece, by the way, the athletic um, by all means, pick it up. And there's even a code there that says lock, you know, bubble and injured. And I agree with all of it. So now we're just talking about where people play and everything. Um, where do they start with Nick Ehlers and, and understanding that this has been, you know, not the camp he wanted, but I totally understand them wanting him to be 100% healthy for the regular season. Uh, how big of a role do you see him having at the start of the season and then if fully healthy throughout the year? Yeah, I think Nikolai Ehlers starts on the second line with Cole Perfetti and, you know, Nita Ryder. They're going to be looking to find chemistry that they've only been able to work on in practice because of Ehlers' neck spasm situation. And it's funny talking to, to Rick Bonus about it or being in scrums where he's asked about it. You can tell he's, he's a person of empathy. He cares. He, he knows that when Nick Ehlers says, you know, my neck isn't ready, I'm not ready, he believes and he trusts in that and he respects that. But at the same time, you can tell that he really just wants to see what he's got in that second line. And I don't blame him for that. You, you know, you, you've got Cole Perfetti in the middle, Ehlers in that second line position, Niederreiter too. There's a lot to like about it. Um, there's also second power play minutes. He took second power play minutes today in the drills that Winnipeg was doing. So, you know, I've, I've long thought Ehlers deserves some time on that top unit. But he was skating with, with Perfetti and Schmidt and Pionk and Hainala would sometimes rotate in there. And I think Niederreiter was the other player in that group anyways. So second power play, second line, uh, which should be more minutes than he got last year. And hopefully he can stay healthy, deliver, and maybe even go up from there. Is he still doubtful for Thursday for tomorrow? Still doubtful. Seems unlikely even. Okay. All right. Uh, once we get started, and <laughs> this is a loaded question, so bear with me. What do you think, what would happen for this roster to look the same by April and what would happen for it to be drastically different? I mean, Jim, I, I hear that as a, as a Hellebuck and Shifley question. Uh, that's, that's where my mind goes with it. Well, and, but I also, I, I, I think Nino Niederreiter, I think Brendan Dillon, I think D Dylan DeMello, I think those pieces too because I, I think at a trade deadline, the Shifley... Hellebuck questions aren't going to bring you anything more than futures. But I think the Nita Riders and the, the Brendan Dillons and, and, and players like that could bring you something that might actually see on the ice. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what would have to happen for the roster to be dramatically turned over, 
you'd need the Jets to be outside of a playoff spot and looking like they're not within reach of one by the trade deadline as it approaches. I think that there is a lot of pressure in Winnipeg in terms of the organization's expectations as we sit today to make the playoffs, to give themselves a shot. Um, Even a first-round appearance like last year gets you a couple of home dates, gets you a lot of fans in the building, at least gives you the opportunity to have something to cheer about, and it's a really special time. And I think that that's the priority for, for the Jets. If they're far off of that mark, then you might see those trades start to happen. And I think even with Hellebuck and Shifley, I think that they would look for players who can help them now in that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade mold. But, of course, I think the counter is that teams shopping for those guys don't want to give up their top-end talent midway through the year. Um, so that's, that's an interesting one. And for it to look the same, for Winnipeg to head into the offseason risking losing, whether it's those guys or maybe they've extended them, whether it's Niederreiter or Dylan or DeMello or risk losing them for essentially nothing, um, I think Winnipeg would have to be well inside a playoff spot and, and feeling confident in its ability to not just play in a round, maybe even win a round, to justify the fact that, you know, there's some quality talent you won't be getting picks for, you won't be getting players for, and you're going to have to start some retooling next summer. So one more on this, and I fully understand the season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> but um, how you mentioned re-signing there, and, and I think the reason I'm watching the rest of the NHL, the Calgary's, the, the Nylanders in Toronto and all that, Hellebuck and Shifley, as the season goes through, has to focus on what, not focus, but pay attention, their agency, of what is going around the NHL. Because it's a different offseason with over 200 UFA players going into unrestricted free agency. And if you're the Shifleys of the world, going in with the Elias Lindholms and the William Nylanders when there's already not enough money, that's an interesting NHL to me in the offseason. And, and I wonder how that might affect this season with what they may or may not do if they're in a playoff spot by January. I mean, it is one of the most fascinating stories because there's, I think, a sense that the NHL is only just starting to claw out of pandemic economics. You know, we had, it increased incrementally, but we had more or less a flat salary cap for a little while, and teams tried to stay within that, but a lot of that cap space got eaten up around the league. And now what's happened is teams have plans for this summer and next summer, hoping that the cap goes up at the same time that, like you say, and that's a really great point, there's going to be a lot of free agents or at least it looks like there are going to be a lot of free agents available. So if you're Shifley, if you're Hellebuck, you know, all you can really control is your own performance. Shifley had better come in and have a season for the ages, um, whether it's to help the Winnipeg Jets or help his own case as a free agent or, or his trade bait. Same with Connor Hellebuck, though, you know, both players are coming off of good years as well. Uh, Hellebuck, especially, I would say. And then to the, the respect of their, of their, their respective camps, um, you know, agency-wise, I think that you do need to scout those other teams. And, hey, if New Jersey's happy with Vanajek and Schmid and that's actually going well, well, who's struggling? Is Buffalo succeeding with Devin Levi in goal, or is it time to upgrade um, because there's not a lot of depth despite the options they have behind him? Uh, And then you can kind of go around the league. Does Boston need that center so badly like Shifley can be for them? Um, I don't think that teams are tripping over themselves to give Winnipeg the best assets in the world this summer, perhaps owing to what you just said, Jim, about the free agency class upcoming. But at some point, push has got to come to shove, and Winnipeg needs some security, whether it's an extension or a trade or just you know, telling us all that, hey, we're going to be bold and a little bit risky here, and we're holding on to these guys no matter what. Uh, just one more for you, Marat. Uh, Elias Solomonson, he's at Moose Camp. 
Um, you know, there was all this thought that he was going to be heading back to Sweden. What's the latest on that? Yeah, I won't make this one an essay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we all expected it was NHL or bust, and probably there wasn't room in the NHL, so he'd head back to Sweden in the yeah. SHL. He's got a good team there. Turns out that's not a guarantee, and that's a little bit surprising. I spoke with his agent yesterday, and it turns out that Winnipeg actually is in a little bit of control here uh, based on the timing of when he signed his contract with the Jets and the SHL-NHL agreement. Winnipeg has first rights to decide whether Salmonson plays in the AHL, which is news, or goes back to Sweden. And I talked to somebody in Sweden, they say, we're not sure for a fact that he's coming back yet, so we're going to wait and see on him too. It looks like the ball is in the Jets' court. Salmonson could theoretically stay and be a, a really impact to Moose this year. Murata Tesh, Jets writer with The Athletic. Thanks so much, Murata. Uh, wonderful stuff as always. Take care and, and talk to you soon. Great stuff. Thanks, Thanks for indulging Thanks for me with uh, talking about next season when this season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going there, Jim. Well, I just I have him on, and I'm like, I got all these questions because I love his opinion, obviously, even though we'll we'll focus on the season now as we get forward towards it. Thanks, Murat. All the best. There he goes. 204 780 And and to the point, yeah. he made a great point about um like things might change. Like Calgary yeah. might lock up three other guys, and all of a sudden free yeah. agent centers aren't as abundant as they were for Mark. Mm-hmm. And and Nylander might not be available. He might sign all that's true. But Kelly Moore did the work. I think it was 210 players going to UFA. And and so if you're Hellebuck and, and Shifley and you don't re-sign here and you don't accept more money than whatever, um, like Mark Shifley on the open market, what are you looking at? I, I think you become the Tarasenko who made $7.5 million and gets a one-year $5 million deal. Add into all that too, there's lots of players and lots of teams that are going to want raises and deserve raises when the cap goes up. Add that onto the 210 UFAs that Kelly Moore but was able to dig let's, out. Let's go no. nuts and say it goes up three million. Look at the teams. Yeah, but I'm like three million. There's gonna all those guys entering. I don't think it will go up three, but no. if say it does, that's Maybe. still not enough to sign William Nylander. It's not. It's not. And all those players that are banking on one year deals right now and going into next summer and signing their deal then and getting some term attached to it. That $3 million is going to go up like that. So do, and, and you do bring the in, Jets not circle around this and go, if you want to yeah. make $9 million, Connor Hellebuck, there's three teams that can do it for you next yeah. year. And you're not going to want to go to Anaheim. And they're called Arizona. Chicago and Anaheim. Chicago and not Anaheim. They got John Gibson at six. They're not yeah. going to sign a guy for nine. They're not ready to win. Yeah. But if you want nine, here's three years of it. You're not locked in until you're 36. It's 33. We got to take a break. We'll if see. not, enjoy the open market where you may get seven. Flame sign, Michael Backlund, the wild signing. Um, uh, Lindholm you know. signs in Calgary at nine. Mark Shifley's going to want nine. Where is it? Well, it's the, probably here in Winnipeg. And the wild just signed uh, a couple of, you know, they, they signed Fiala. To a deal, uh, a four-year deal, because of a very similar situation. I mean, we, could go, we got to go, and we yeah. can go through this. But I'm just, the market, like like Marat Marcus said, Felino, the market is fascinating Matt to Zuccarello, me we'll because be right there's just no money. we got to go by. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Final segment of the show here. Anthony Boteto has announced his retirement at the age of 33. Uh, played 51 games for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, collected eight assists, eight points, spent time with the Preds, the Wild, the Rangers, most recently in the AHL with the Charlotte Checkers. 
great guy. Great. I know everybody's going to say accent, but just a great guy. Great guy to be around. Great mm-hmm. storyteller. Yeah. Good dude. Good for him. Happy I trails. will say this. One of those guys that eked out a lot more out of a career than a lot of people thought he would. So good for him. No doubt. Jim Tolth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. As always, that's it for me. I'll be back. Same time tomorrow. I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I look forward to it too. Happy trails, my friend. See you later. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.